You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. internet peeps and welcome to another edition of big trouble podcast episode 69 giggity giggity i am joe dubs and i'm andy and we are back for our ranking of star trek live long and motherfucking prospect but he doesn't say motherfucking he says prosper prosper i said prospect you did (laughs) wow yeah he does as long as you know that that's not right yeah i know it's not right Oh man, what a fail! Speculator now. God damn it, Andy! What the hell you been watching? Fucking nothing. Well, the last week I was—I don't know—I watched a lot of YouTube. I watched E3, which is a huge waste of my goddamn time. Um, and then I watched some more YouTube, and I, I played with my dog, and I went to work. I'm sorry, I, I was doing so good. I had like weeks and weeks and weeks of like I watched fucking five movies and i'm gonna talk about them this one's from japan and i'm like blah, 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 but nothing i didn't watch anything this week so i've let everyone down yeah e3 uh we'll be talking about that in our escape from side quests uh episode uh i've been i've been watching a lot of uh amazon prime lately they've been having some good movies uh some bad start watching it tomorrow i'll tell you that yeah i've been i watched this movie prodigy and it's a badly acted movie uh, about a concept about a kid who talks to God and God tells him about three events that are going to be happening in Earth that are going to be extinction extinction of uh, humans. So, times? well, there's like three events. And apparently like the third event is when, you know, <laughs> the bad humans are wiped out or something like that. Interesting. It, it it was okay. Um, the fa- was anyone in it? Was anyone that I'd recognize in it? No, they're all just nobody's. To t- tell you, they had military and police, and it looked like they got their costumes from Party City. Yeah. <laughs> so if that tells you anything, uh, it's a bad movie. But, you know, I watch. I like watching bad movies sometimes, <laughs> just to see. Yeah. I mean, watching bad movies is great. That's why MST3K kicks so, so much ass. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? They do have, like, a good imagination of, like, what story they're going to do. It's just that they don't have the budget. And sometimes the writing of the dialogue is terrible, but, like, the concept of what they were going for is really good. Yeah. And, and then I watched... Uh, I started watching a TV show called Electric Dreams. It's about uh like electric sheep yeah pretty much the same writer philip uh k dick yep and uh they turned it into Speaking a of episode 69 lol uh hilarious <laughs> yeah i watched the first two episodes and they're really interesting they deal with a lot of ai stuff it it kind of is like a mix of black mirror and twilight zone when's it from 
Was that? When's it from? When did it come out? I want to say like three years ago. Oh, okay. I I I want to say someone recommended it to me, but I wouldn't swear to it. it it's on Amazon Prime, right? Yep. I think a friend of mine watched it, and he was like, "Oh, you should watch this," and I was like, "Yeah, I totally will," and I forgot about it because I suck. Mm -hmm. I, I recommend it. Each episode has their own story, kind of like with Twilight Zone and Black Mirror. So you don't have to follow a series to know what's going on. Anthology. And then I watch E3, which uh, I have to agree. I have to agree with Andy. Waste of time. Yeah, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There was some. There was an interesting stuff, but for the most part, it was like. I was entertained and thrilled for like 3% of the time, and the rest of it, I was just watching the game entry suck its own dick on stage. So, I gave harsh uh, letter grades to each uh, company, by the way. So, oh, fuck. You did more homework than I did. But uh, whatever, we'll save that for, you know, join us for Escape from SideQuest. It'll probably release right around the same time this will. So if you're hearing this, go look for that. It's almost the same piece. Mm -hmm. And I'm pulling up the IMDB for Wrath of Khan. Uh, yeah, good idea. If, I don't know. I, I could just about name all the people who are in this. No, I just want to, because they tell, like, all the budgets and stuff that are going down. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I really enjoyed Wrath uh, Let's get into it right away. No, yeah, let's 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 get right to it. Uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, came out in 1982, right? 1984. 1984, okay. 1984, it, this is the first of what is known as the Star Trek motion picture trilogy. It's like this one and the two following it are all like, they happen back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So like right where this movie ends, the next one's going to pick up. And uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan is considered the best Star Trek movie, and it's considered one of the best science fiction movies ever made. Oh, and by the way, you were right, 1982. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> I thought it was. I was like, well, I guess I suck. The next one is 1984. There you go. And I don't know why fucking search engines have to be so stupid. Can somebody, like, tell me why? Oh. There, I got it. I finally got it. The Wrath of Khan. By the way, the art, bo uh, the art on each uh, cover box of the Star Trek movies, mm -hmm. I dig it. I actually dig it more than what Star Wars usually puts on their posters. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of inevitable, and we're going to do it the whole episode. We're going to do it next episode, the episode after that. We did it last episode. There's a lot of inevitable um, comparisons between these movies specifically and Star Wars, because if you look at the year, I mean, we're like smack dab in the middle of the original Star Wars trilogy right now. And mm -hmm. when New Hope came out, it, it's hard to... Um, keep from underemphasizing how important that was to like movies because it changed when movies were supposed to be coming out it changed like the idea of the blockbuster like jaws kind of got it rolling a little bit but star wars like changed everything and these star trek movies are coming out like in the wake of that but they're still very much trying to to do their own thing the first one especially but this one a little more so is like no there's space battles there's excitement some people get shot and like fucking disintegrated by phasers in this like the first one they don't fire phasers once and this one there's some phaser fire yeah and what really threw me off because i didn't watch the original series i knew about him i just didn't know of the story i mean if you obviously if you watch the the new one with jj abrams they kind of indulge into that story a little bit that's part of <clears throat> excuse me um that's part of 
I didn't of the three new movies, the second one is my least favorite, and that's the one that's got Khan in it, and they they really emulate this movie a lot, and it's kind of a shame that you'd seen that before mm. you saw this movie. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that more because I have never, to this day, seen the episode of the. I've never seen any episode of the original series, let alone the episode that deals with Khan and all of his followers being um, refugees from Earth. They're all uh, genetically. They're part of the eugenics wars, I think. I don't know. I might, I might be making that part up, but it's like the late, they're like 1996 or some shit like that, which is kind of funny considering, you know, what year it is now when we're watching it. But yeah, they're all the stuff they give you in this movie about it is, in my opinion, as long as you've got a brain between your ears, more than enough. Like you can see, you can watch this movie by itself and piece together like the stuff that Chekhov says when they capture him. And uh, some of the stuff that uh, Spock says, or not Spock, Kirk specifically, it, it all fills in. Like, you get it. And he's angry that they stranded him on that planet. Steady Alpha, they thought it was five and ended up being six or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And they, they strand him there. They're all genetically engineered super soldiers that are all fiercely loyal to Khan. Khan wants revenge on, like a deep-seated level against Kirk, and that's it. They portray all of that in the movie very easily. They don't have to, like, force-feed you a bunch of information. And the new one, I'm not saying did that necessarily, but it did it more so, and it did it, like, more than I felt was necessary, but that might have just been because I already knew the story. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could definitely tell there was history, uh, which they allude to, and then, you know, Chekhov going con, like, Again, like Andy said, you don't really need to watch the TV show to understand. But there's no, a lot of people like this. This movie's super famous, and it's a great movie. But I've known so many people who are like, "Oh, I've never seen the original series. I shouldn't watch it. Oh, I haven't seen the first movie. I shouldn't watch it." You don't have to watch any of that shit. Just watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the c- cinematography in this is really great. I love that they didn't have like the twenty-minute looking at the Enterprise thing. Yeah, thank God. And then last uh, movie we saw, we, we had the guy from uh, Seventh Heaven, and then in this one we have the girl from Cheers. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like wow, yeah, it, it's amazing how many uh, like known actors are in these like sci-fi things. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Trek was a big name, so I guess everybody wanted to kind of like how everybody wants to be in Star Wars these days in the movies, or Marvel for that matter. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Khan? By the way, did you like the actor? It was great. I I I was talking about it when Ricardo Montalban turned up in uh, the Apes movies when we were watching them. I mentioned it then, and he's just he's the best. I love watching him act, and it's like it feels like he's chewing the scenery, but I I just forgive him immediately. It's just something about him. He's so charming, mm-hmm. and in this movie. He's so, like, it's still charming, but it's, like, the scary charming. Oh, I love it. It's great. He's ripped to hell. Like, everybody in that planet's ripped. <laughs> I think it's all, like, fake prosthesis. It's, it's, like, a stupid thing they've got him wearing. It's funny. It's very Mad Max uh, look to it because of, you know, I guess the uh, barren planet and, you know, they're all living, like, uh, I guess, like, savages in a way. Uh I what do you think? Uh, we're gonna be jumping around, and we're also gonna be doing spoilers, everybody. So <laughs> yeah, we already have for that matter. Yeah. Um, 
the mind control creatures, I didn't really care for it, but I guess that's a good plot point of having Chekhov and them taking over that other ship. Yeah, it's a dumb, it's a dumb mechanism, but it leads to, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's great about this film too is that it starts off as a training mission, and then it ends up being a full-on like rescue mission. Uh, yeah, they're just like screwing around, and just like always, every Star Trek story ever, they're the closest ship. They're the only ship in the area, the system, the quadrant, the whatever. He says that in this movie, I think. We're the only ship in the quadrant. Isn't the quadrant like a quarter of known space or something? I don't yeah. Know. I don't know if that was the right word or whatever. But... I, I think it's more of uh, Captain Kirk being of a cowboy and be like, I want to be the number one or always winning and doing things. So maybe there is other ships. He just doesn't care. <laughs> maybe. If there is, they don't mention it. It's just, they're the only ones out there. We need you to go check out, um, what's the name of the space station? They say it like a hundred times. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, they gotta go, regular one. They get, they gotta go regular one. And that's where um, Dr. Carol Marcus, who, as I understand it, is also from an episode of the original series, but not the same one. Mm-hmm. It's also something they pulled from the original series and like revamped. I guess obviously they had a thing because they have had a son. And I'm a little confused about whether or not Kirk fully knows it's his son. I think he he thinks, and then of course she reveals it anyway. Well, I think uh, he he gets a sense of it when uh, Khan leaves him on regular one where the Genesis was, and uh, he's like, "Is that who I think it is?" And she's like, he's like, "Well, why didn't you tell him yet?" And then she's like, "Well, <laughs> were you going to be here to be a father?" Like, mm-hmm. I totally understand. Yeah, that, that- when they're when they're in the Genesis cave, that's pretty much when the cat's out of the bag. All right, I want to. Uh, oh, c- real quick, interesting fact about this movie: Regular One, the space station. It's the space station from the first movie turned upside down. It's the exact same model. <laughs> oh, really? That's nice. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> <laughs> it is, but I mean, it's it's easy to miss, which you know, good on them reusing that effect. They also reuse that shot of the three Klingon cruisers at some point in this movie too. Hmm. Nice. Uh, the Genesis thing. One, it's not a weapon, first of all. They were doing stuff to create life. Is that what I'm guessing? Yeah, it was like... She explains it in the movie, but it's like it rearranges matter on a molecular level to create the building blocks of life. You know, something something science. Basically, all you need to know is this is a thing that'll, like, you know, clean the surface of a planet or planetoid and create life there. So whatever's there gets destroyed in favor of uh, an M-class planet, I think is what they, they call it in Star Trek. It's It sustains life, it's got water, etc. Mm-hmm. And what a plot device to put in there to, uh, you know, bring back a character later on. <laughs> Which uh, is pretty interesting. Um... I know what you're thinking. It's the same thing I was thinking. But oh, I don't want to spoil anything. Just it's it's so interesting because everyone thinks exactly what you're thinking, including me. And then you watch the next movie and you're like, oh, uh, OK. I hope it's not some type of like time travel thing, but I don't want to be no, spoiled. No, no, no. Just you, you'll see. You'll see. Um, What else can I say about this film? Uh, I will say this. I did watch it twice and 
Oh wow, really? Yeah, I watched it last night when when I was dead tired, and I want to say parts of it did put me to sleep, but in not on purpose. Where I'm like, oh my god, this is a boring storyline. I was just tired, so <laughs> when I woke up, I rewatched everything again, the parts that I missed, and uh, I did miss a big chunk. Imagine if I came here for the review and i was like yeah i remember when uh they met at con and then uh <laughs> spock died at the end the end <laughs> another interesting thing about this movie uh one of my favorite facts about uh star trek the motion picture which i brought up last week is they don't fire a phaser once in that movie and i love that like it's like oh they didn't need that they, mm-hmm. they told a compelling story there didn't have to be conflict a cool thing about this movie that is also like, oh, that writing's interesting. It's like such an interesting story of Kirk versus Khan, and they both they go back and forth. One of them's got something over the other. There's a victory. There's a surprise. They don't appear on screen once this entire movie. They're, they're never – they only talk through view screens. And if you heard that, just like with the phaser thing, if you heard that but hadn't seen the movie, you'd be like, oh, that sounds stupid. But man, it works so well. I love it. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Savick, by the way, uh, played by Christy Alley? Uh, she's fine. Uh, I did not appreciate her at all. Uh, it's, I'm... it's so hard. I, I hate when a good actor has to play uh, Vulcans because they have to be no emotion. That's the yeah. point. And you know, if they're playing a Vulcan well, they should be boring. So it's you know, I. I want to be like, oh, she sucked, but actually she was great because mm-hmm. she's boring. So, I don't know. It's it's hard. You know, if they were like, you're going to be cast in a Star Trek movie, what race do you want to be if you want to show off? It Vulcan is the bottom of the list, and Klingon is the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just didn't like her. Uh, obviously, because she was scripted that way to be like, you know, question everything, you know, why... Do you have to have emotions to do this easy, logical thing to do? Uh, Because that's how Vulcans think. They have the logical answer all the time. They Uh, do the same thing from the first movie, too. She says, uh, uh, Admiral, um, whatever, procedures say, whenever you're approaching another ship, you're supposed to, and she's going to say, like, raise the shields. And Spock's like, he's well aware of the procedures, and he doesn't do it. And then at the end of that, after they get their ass handed to him, he's like, uh, Mr. Savick, you go right on quoting procedure. Like, they do that again. Like, Kirk was wrong. Someone tried to correct him who's younger than him, mm-hmm. and he thought, no, 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 I'm smarter than them. I'm an old, I'm old, I've done all this. I'm smarter than all these, these young trainees. And then at the end of that, he's like, no, I'm not. I I learned something. You know, you you keep you keep quoting to me what I should be doing because obviously I was wrong. You were right. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, the other uh, captain in the last movie, like he had a story arc. Uh, Savick didn't really have a story arc. Like she pretty much learned what Spock was to Kirk in a way that uh, Spock and him had a friendship and he was a valuable person. And then she also learned. Uh, how Kirk thinks, how he always wants to win, how he cheated in the the, uh, the training mission to, you know, do because he wanted to win. Like, they, I felt like there was no payoff for her at the end besides saying, hey, she might be in the TV show later on or more things because she's, uh, in a sense, replacing Spock, I guess. She, um, it's worth noting, too, 
again, this movie and uh, Star Trek Three and Star Trek Four are all like connected. So it's worth noting that her character is supposed to like continue developing over the course of the next movie. Okay, that makes sense. I, th- they, I, I don't think they follow through as much as they want to because I think the actress changes, which is really frustrating. <laughs> but like you know, don't don't be too harsh on it because it's meant to be taken as like a whole thing. But that being said, you know, as far as this episode, episode uh, sixty nine of of Big Trouble in Little Podcast goes, we're judging this movie, you know, on its own, sort of judge it that way for now but i'm just saying like we'll come back to it later Mm -hmm. um i i want to say i love Chekhov, but (laughs) everything that he does is amazing uh yeah he he gets he gets like more of a part in this mm -hmm. and i love that uh who's the black guy that played the other captain paul paul winfield i think he was in uh dawn of the dead oh for real yeah i didn't know that he was in Terminator. He was in Cliffhanger. And let me just go to the 80s really quickly and see if I'm right. I cannot see it. This He does, he did a lot of movies. <laughs> hmm. Well, cool. I mean, I definitely recognized him, but I wouldn't... Yeah, you know, I can't put as many names to it like you can. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he he was pretty awesome. I just love when in Star Trek, and they always do this in the TV show, when they get hurt, they over-exaggerate the hurt. <laughs> and they do this in the movie, especially when the uh, mind control. And that's another thing. These mind control creature things. Was Khan controlling these creatures, or was the creatures... No, he explained it. It just makes them extremely susceptible to suggestion. Okay. So I, I took it to be, look, we've been on a planet with these things for years at this point. I think he says 20 years. I can't remember. So they've just kind of learned how to exploit that. And he he says, like, it killed, like, 20 of his people because at the end of its ingestion in their brain, it, like, causes madness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really liked what they did with that. I really liked the other ship, by the way. Uh, oh, the um, the Defiant? Mm-hmm. Or no, wait, wait, what's it called? I don't know, just the other Reliant. ship. Reliant, not the Defiant. The Defiant is uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like the design of it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool-looking ship. Um, do you have anything negative to say about this movie? Oh, um, I know there's got to be something. Nothing's really coming to mind. Uh, um, there's a few scenes that are shot a little flat. It's just like um, the scene where uh, Bones brings him his birthday present and he's mm. got the glasses for him, the Romulan ale. Uh, it's just kind of like the cameras in the corner of the room and they just kind of talk. And what they're talking about is really interesting, but the scene itself isn't shot very interesting. It's just kind of, oh, look, here's two guys talking. They're talking, they're talking, they're talking. The scene's over. But that you know that's okay. It, it gets it gets its job done. There's some utilitarian um, screen direction blocking and cinematography in this movie, but that's that's not what the movie's about. So I can kind of forgive it that. Um, gosh, uh, I can't I, think of much. Else. I can't think of anything either. I think this movie. The, the soundtrack is fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Alexa, <laughs> stop. 
Alexa wants to chime in on this uh this podcast. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. Alexa, <laughs> you said her name, and now she's listening. You sh- Thanks for telling me. All right. Um, the the score of this, like you were saying, is really awesome, especially in the beginning. Like in the beginning, when I was watching this movie, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout the, you know the movie you you know it puts you in the mood and especially in certain areas and stuff yeah, i love the music when they're doing when they're having the battle in the nebula it's great that battle scene is really fucking awesome i mean mm-hmm. it, it it ages obviously the the special effects is really good for that in the 80s uh, especially coming off of star wars and everything yeah uh, but i really enjoyed like the Con-, Con versus Kirk kind of battle. I wish, uh, and don't spoil it for me because I, I don't know uh, if somehow Khan did live through that. <laughs> and later down the road, like, there's a battle. Uh, I won't say anything. Yeah. I, I, I would really enjoy that. But um, I can't really think of any negative things to say. Like, there was no... Uh, drawn out scenes like they had in the other one uh the camera shots were amazing you said that one uh when uh, bones goes to his uh place uh felt really flat but i just didn't mind it at all i yeah, I that's fine i mean you asked if i could think of anything negative and i had to really really think to even come up with that so and the whole thing with his glasses and the book uh, and they, you know, they mentioned, oh, you really like those antiques and stuff. Was that to like jab at Kirk saying he's getting old, but he doesn't? Yeah, that's like uh, that's kind of what I want to talk about next. Is like the the themes of the movie. Obviously, revenge. Revenge is really obvious, and the other, I think, obvious one is um, uh, growing old and aging because that they come back to that several times in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's always like, how are you feeling? He's like, I feel old bones. Oh, because um, he's allergic to something that'll that they can do surgery on his eyes that'll get rid of his uh, farsightedness. Mm-hmm. So he says, "Oh, I'm allergic to that." He says, "I know. That's why I got you the glasses, you idiot." And you know he's got glasses. And there's a few other times where it's just like him being old is like mentioned. It's part of the scene. It's not like the whole thing or anything. And then that really nice part at the end when they're looking down uh, at that new planet. And uh, oh, uh, how do you feel, Jim? Because he's talking about Spock, and they think he's like you know sad. Of course he is. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? And he says young. I feel young. You know that's 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 a huge theme in the movie and an overarching theme, and it's done really well. And I really like it. Like revenge is the obvious one, but I really think age is is the star of the the theming show in this. I, it, it's killer. It, the writing supports it. The acting supports it. The conclusion. Everything else about the plot is really good. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree with that. And uh, he read through that book pretty quickly, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, no kidding. He read War and Peace in the, over the course of this movie. I was like, when did you do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, did he bring it when he was in, trapped in a cave? And that's, an, that's another thing I want to bring up. Um, because, you know, when Savick was like, oh, you know, what would you do in your training? He's like, well, I cheated and stuff. Uh, when he's talking to Khan, right? Mm. 
he had a he had a plan this before going there, knowing that Spock would bring him out in two hours or so. Hmm. Why did he freak out saying "Con"? Like because he got the Genesis or yeah, and he stole Genesis. I don't think that was a that was in the cards. Also, Con was just you know threatening and evil, and plus you know he needed Con to think that he was trapped there. Okay, that's another thing I was gonna bring up. Did he did he do that to kind of act like, "Ha, you got me, and now I'm trapped here"? Yeah, that's part of it. Like like when they're talking on the radio, it's an unencrypted channel. They're doing it on purpose. They're playing Khan like a fiddle. He's he's getting tricked. Mm-hmm. And that's why when they're like, "Oh, um, hours instead of days, minutes instead of hours," it, it you're supposed to be like, "Oh, that's really clever." Or, oh, good job, dude. You got me. Now, now I know why McCoy was like. Uh... How can you eat at the time like this? <laughs> yeah, that's why he's so like, oh, well, no big deal. I'm just going to kill two hours, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like that scene. A little, I mean, obviously, because it's iconic, even though everybody knows that's an iconic scene of him screaming Khan, even if you didn't yeah. watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, What's funny is I th- always thought that Khan, you know, the screaming of Khan was at the end when Spock died. I was like, because I knew Spock dies because because of the newer movie. Right, yeah. You see, that's why I, it's such a shame that you saw that before you saw this. But, it, I mean, it doesn't take away from how good this movie is. But, yeah, it's little things like that that it's kind of a shame it took from you. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed this movie over uh, the first one. This movie is... I'll just say it. This is the best movie we've watched so far as far as our ranking things go. Like, in the history of the show, I can really only think of one movie that might be better than it. But even then, I think I'd err on the side of this just because it has – this movie has contributed so much to movies as a whole, to science fiction, to, like, the cultural zeitgeist. I mean, look at how how often they spoof – uh, yelling con the needs of the many outweigh the need you mm-hmm. um so much stuff in this movie and and a lot of it is a uh, the stuff that con says he's quoting that you see that shot of the books when they're on seti alpha five and you see moby dick paradise lost and something else i can't remember what the other one is I really should know. But you see, like, those books sitting there, and obviously he's read them a million times because they're stuck on this planet, and that's all they got. Mm-hmm. And he quotes, um, I'll, I'll chase him around, this, that, the flames of perdition. And he quotes, um, uh, Hell's Heart, I Stab at Thee. He quotes a couple other things. People misattribute those quotes to this movie instead of the classic literature they're from. That's that's how ubiquitous this movie is. Is people people hear a quote from Moby Dick and don't even realize it's from Moby Dick. They think it's from Wrath of Khan. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's that's how popular this movie is. And and you know it's been spoofed. The story has been spoofed all all over the place, and the characters. And I it's just, this is this is such a big movie, and it's such a big deal, and it's so good. And I know so many people, close friends even, that are like, oh, I can't watch it. I haven't seen the first one. I haven't seen the original series. You don't need to watch Dick. Just mm. go watch this movie right now. That's my that, – I mean, you know, I'm cutting to the end here. My recommendation is watch this movie uh, immediately. Yeah. This movie is a classic. And I really want to say this. Um, the, these uniforms that they wear in these movies are so much better 
the next generation, uh, the old ones, <laughs> the old yeah. the old TV show, and I want to say any other uh, Star Trek TV show. I really love the red uh, vest kind of thing that they go. These uniforms look super cool. They look great. They're designed great. But man, I'll bet you they are uncomfortable as hell. They're like three layers deep or something. Mm -hmm. I always like that, uh, and they do it next generation too. But whenever someone stands up, they always grab their uniform and straighten it. You know, you'll notice they grab grab the the bottom of the shirt by their thumbs and and pull it straight down. Even um when he's when he's freaking dying of radiation, when Spock stands up, yeah, he did it. Yeah, I I want to bring that up too. I was like, even even when he's dying. And, and I think that goes with Spock too, having good posture in front of your yeah. your. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would think if you were a Starfleet officer, it would just be part of standing up. Like you wouldn't even be thinking about doing it anymore. It would be like a muscle reflex, and also it could be like as far as shooting a film goes. They're like, look, your uniform has wrinkles in it. This is a really important scene. We need this scene to look really good. When you stand up, just real quick, just don't straighten straighten your top. Try try to try not to draw attention to it, but of course we noticed it. So mm -hmm. I, I I'll definitely say I totally recommend this film. Uh, but Andy, where do you rank this? Since you have uh, the motion picture at number three, where do you put? Oh, uh, this is this is number one. This is like, I mean, come on, get out of here. But again, I'm gonna reserve. I'll wait and see. Maybe something will change my mind because there's another one later on. I've said it before, but I'm going to go ahead in case someone's listening to just the Star Trek episodes. I'm going to go ahead and not say anything. There's another one that I remember loving a lot, and I can't wait to watch it again. I don't think it's going to dethrone this one as my favorite, but eh, we'll see what happens. One of my friends uh, gave me a tease. They're like, well, something happens with whales, and I'm like, I'm like, whales? And they're like, I'm not saying anything more. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Uh, for me, I put the uh, Star Wars, uh, the Wrath of Khan at number Star one. Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Star Trek, the Wrath of Khan at number one, and then I have the motion picture at number two because it, that's the only two I've seen, and I really like the Wrath of Khan over the first one, even though I I kind of dig the first one still a little bit. The first one is so unique; it's so hard to compare it to the other movies, but. You have to, and here we are to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, guys. Uh, again, there's like no news because uh, Toy Story is coming out, so there's a lot of like Toy Story news. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. If anybody wants to know, Keanu Reeves is in fucking everything now. Yeah. He, I swear. <clears throat> okay, I want to talk about this. We can we could have talked about it on the next show too. But Keanu Reeves is doing something. I, I think he's like hired someone or he has like a firm or something that wants to put him in the public eye more so. Mm -hmm. They want him to like he already has a really good public image, but I think they want to like blow it up even more. I, I think he's spending some money and time to make sure that he is positioned to become like one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, even though he kind of is he's one of them now, but I, I think he wants he wants to be even huger. I it's it's something because he like turned up at E three. Uh, he's got small roles in a bunch of movies. He's got big roles and in, in some like really prominent movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. I just I've been seeing him turn up in like ads or my Facebook feed or this is how cool he is. 
now there's that meme you're breathtaking which you know obviously he didn't <laughs> plan for but how perfect is that and, and it looked like he generally uh we'll talk about this in the next episode but it looked like he generally is having fun uh yeah yeah like he's he's so likable too so I, i'm not saying like oh he's he's scamming us but no you're right you're right and i was actually talking to my friend about this i was like he seems more popular now after doing John Wick than what he did in The Matrix. Like after it, the Matrix, I was thinking that too. Like, like I think this is this is the biggest he's ever been, and the second biggest would have been after The Matrix. I think. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is like Keanu Reeves uh, when he before he started doing John Wick or getting popular during John Wick, he was in like small parts in movies. Like I remember him in Neon Demon, where he showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's right. I forgot he was in that. Yeah, so like he he slowly he went up the ladder. He he went back to square uh, zero and just. I wouldn't say zero, but he he went down. Honestly, if you'd have asked me years ago, I would have said he was on his way out. He's just gonna get those those sweet those sweet uh, uh the money from the Matrix and Bill and Ted, and he was just gonna be like, okay, whatever. I guess I'll just retire. Mm-hmm. But no, now he's bigger than ever. And honestly, I think it's we're just going to see more of him. But yeah, I mean, I, I was like, you know, I didn't hate or love him before. But now I'm like, oh, man, he's so cool. He's a cool guy. I like him. He's really charming and charismatic. And I like seeing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to see more action films and video games. Me. All right. Uh, I think we will end this episode. Uh, guys, we are taking a two-week break. Uh, I know Andy said that he might have something special for us while I'm taking a break because I'm taking. I hope so. Watch the feed. I'm gonna try to arrange something. I can't make any promises. Um, in the break, we're gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch. Um, well, obviously we're gonna watch Star Trek Three. Duh, you gotta go watch that. But uh, I'm I'm gonna try to watch a bunch of movies. I'm gonna try to make it more relevant, more recent, and I'm gonna watch. Um, uh, Too Old to Die Young, the new. Winding Refn show on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. You should go watch it too. Make it successful. I want to see Refn make more cool stuff. He's got a lot of cool ideas. Yeah, and I'm going to be seeing Dark Phoenix. Probably, well, obviously, Toy Story 4. And then uh, probably MIB International because I've seen every MIB movie. So I guess I'll follow this one, even though it's getting like terrible reviews and people are just shitting on it. I'm going to try to see The Dead Don't Die if it ever opens around here, for God's sake. We'll see it somehow. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't you worry. Uh, so next, uh, in, the, in the next movie in two weeks that we'll be coming back to is Star Trek II, The Search of for Spock. Uh, make sure to watch it, come back here, and then we talk about it. Um, to catch all our podcasts, go to Podbean, which is nobnetwork.podbean.com. We're also on the Apple Podcast Store, which is not, uh, they're closing down iTunes. So, uh, Apple Podcast Store, uh, search for Nerd Review Network, and then also we're on Spotify. So, if you want to go on Spotify and listen to us, we are there, Nerd Review Network. Go to all of them. Yep. Go with- and comment and like and subscribe and upvote and uh, I don't know whatever do all the do do the stuff interact yep. with us online T- uh, tell us we suck I don't care yeah 
if we suck, well, then we'll just keep on making sucky stuff or make it better. Who knows? Yeah, tell, tell me how to suck less. I'll do it. I'll do it in small increments so that <laughs> it's it's nice and gradual for you. Yep. Until uh, until next time, everybody. Have a. Uh, I almost said Happy New Year, but Fourth uh, of yeah, July. Yeah, why not? Have a Happy New Year. <laughs> Fuck it. Fourth of July. Plan a New Year's party. Invite all your friends. They'll be confused, but uh, they'll come over and party. Who cares? Yeah, and then, you know, uh, do fireworks like 4th of July. But happy 4th of July, everybody, if we don't come back in time for that. So, all right, guys, later. Peace out. Thanks for listening.